Hello and welcome to Why in the Podcast with Tracy Lynn Hernandez. And I'm Adriana Camito. And Kent Whittington. Hello, this is our third, I had to think about that really hard, third episode of Why in the Podcast. And tonight I have with me my awesome co-hosts of Adriana and Kent. Hello. Hello. And then I have an amazing Miss Amy Ray Davis, who found us on, on our podcast group and is here for an interview tonight. So welcome, Miss Amy. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for uh, stalking us. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault, though. I found you first. Oh, Kent's fault. Well, that ain't glam all over the place, so yeah, I, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he stalks other people. I, I know. <laughs> I create videos so people can stalk me. That works, that works, that works. It yes, works. You complain when they do stalk you and they try to scam you. Well, those people I don't want to mess with. <laughs> yes, but you asked for it without asking for it. Network. The joys of Facebook. <laughs> I love you all so much. This is, this is what we do. We, we derail often. Often. So. <laughs> I think we're paid to derail, honestly, but that's just me. You get paid? Yeah, where are you getting money from? Uh, not paid in money, paid in, in, in good attitudes and, and smiling and keeping the four parts happy and healthy and smart and safe. I, you know, yes. That is gotcha. <laughs> anyway. So... <laughs> Now that I got the cackles going on here, um, tonight we are being joined by Miss Amy, and yes. um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Amy? Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, mom of six, um, I went to, I, the relevant part of me for um, your group is the fact that um, I went and I got my undergrad at Oregon State University. And um, one of my degrees was in uh, women's studies, and I specialized in sexuality and body image. Um, outside of that, um, I went on to law school, decided to not sit for the bar. I have no desire to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, at this point in my life, um, I'm 45 now, and I'm, I feel like I'm kind of finding myself finally. Um, which is kind of weird. Um, I did have my first child when I was 15, so I guess it's not too uncommon to, you know, be reinventing myself later in life. But, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Awesome. Uh, at 45 here and, and, and going through a colossal list of changes. But, you know, hey, welcome to, to new adulthood. Adolescent part. I like I that. Know. Okay, I like that. I like new adulthood. It's different. Um, I keep telling everybody, they're like, oh, the 20s are the best or the 30s are the best. And actually, I like my 40s a whole lot better than any age prior to this. So I think that's a good thing. I get that. You're at that age where you you know better finally at this point, but you just don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's actually funny that you mentioned that. Um, because I was just having a conversation with my sister's boyfriend about that. And he was saying, he was like, no, no, the thirties are the best. He goes, you don't give a crap. I said, you don't even know, give a crap until you <laughs> your forties. Cause now you really don't. I really don't. It, mm-hmm. it really is that age. Well, wait till you're 53 and you got the get off my lawn going on. 
Oh, I'm, I actually was talking to my business partner about that earlier today. I said, I think I'm just starting to be that cranky old curmudgeon. And like I'm practicing for that day that I'm sitting on my rocking porch. I'm like, yeah, kids, get off my porch. <laughs> I'm already there. I'm 53. I'm already there. Oh, he is too. Oh, my gosh. The 20-year-old the yeah. next door was, was doing the get off my lawn. And my kids were playing along with it because they've known their uncle forever. And, you know, no, you can't make me blah, blah, blah. And the neighbor's like, should we call the cops? He's like, no, no, no. I changed their diapers. It's okay. They can be on my wall. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because my kids, um, you know, they range from 7 to 29. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting to watch them at all different ages of my life as well. And, you know, now I get to, I get to get onto my, my 29-year-old. I'm like, you're almost 30. You know, you're going to start taking, you know, Advil every day. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> As I raise my hand, testify. Yes. I'm a leave, I'm a leave years old. <laughs> uh, um, um, hold on, hold on. Uh, right here. No one can see it, I'm sure, but but you can hear it. A leave in the backpack. <laughs> every day. Every years old. Yes. Yes. Every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> we have hit that point. So, so um, let, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, the the whole reason that this group was started, that this part of the podcast was started, was was life has happened, and we are finding ourselves. We are just you know trying to figure out where we fit in, especially me, um, where we fit into what society is putting out there now. Basically, um, right. I am part of a polycule. That has fallen apart. I was part of a polyamorous relationship well before I met my, my husband and and our our partner. I loved that relationship. It was a great thing. I saw myself as being bisexual, but being nineteen, that that whole thing, or sorry, between eighteen and nineteen, that all because when you're between eighteen and twenty, everything goes on a regular basis. Because life. Um, so now I'm going through this going, am I bisexual? Am I pansexual? Am I asexual? What do these mean and how do they actually equate to anything else? Do they actually have a meaning in the outside world? I mean, I know people love to put labels on themselves. You know, hi, my name is... But, you know, if you look at my kid... Going through her phases, it was, are you male, are you female? She said to me, I'm critter. <laughs> okay, child, you're critter. I'm going to have, you know, I, I actually put myself out there in the, the um, there's a, I think she's British person, um, Rain Dove, who's out there on okay. Facebook and say, you yeah. know, introduce me how you want to be introduced. I'm like, I am Tracy Lynn, mother, you know, I, I am she, her, mother of critter. Because that's like how that. my child identifies. And I was in tears when Rain Dove took the time to send back a, Hello, Tracy Lynn. I love you. You know, I, I love how you present yourself as she and mother of Critter. That's amazing. Because that's what the child went for. Now right. we have a she, them. And we are finding ourselves because we're 18. And I'm like, I remember those years. That's when I went from, I think I'm gay, I think I'm straight, no, I gotta be bi, to, yeah, I think I'm bi. 
So, yeah. Why do you have to think? That's what I tell my kids. You know, that's the, I mean, when you're in the heteronormative world, we don't think, we don't think we're straight. We don't think, you know, we're one way or another. So why do you have to think? Yeah. You know, and I heard that from one of my kids when, um, when she was younger, she said, you know, I think I'm gay. And I said, don't think, just be, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that was the, that was the thing is that you are who you are no matter what. And I hate labels. I absolutely hate them. I feel like, I feel like it's one of the worst things that we've done to men. Um, cause we teach men that they can't be, you know, anything but, you know, heterosexual, um, unemotional, you know, all of those types of things. And it just ends up creating a lot of bad relationships and a lot of <laughs> codependency and a lot of things that are just wrong with everything that continues. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. Sorry. I, I, I get that. Growing up, I remember, you know, the talk of, you know, being a man, all this other stuff, you know. And, uh, yeah, it just, we were we were raised a certain way back then. Um, labels weren't an issue. You were either male or female. Anything in between didn't exist at the time. Right. So or if it did, it was, it was completely time. hidden. Yeah. <coughs> Dang it. I love yeah. my allergies. Pardon my cough. I'll be honest. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what a gay male or female was until the 80s. I think lots of people were like that either. Yeah. See, I remember being... I do Yeah, it wasn't anything my parents did. It was just, it was just the norm for the time. See, I, I was raised in a Star Trek fan club where half my aunts were married to my aunts or married to my aunts and half my uncles were married to my uncles in heavy quotes. And I remember being eight years old at some church function that was not my home church and hearing that God was against the gays and I looked at my mother and I burst into tears because I didn't know how the heck to tell all my aunts and uncles that God was against them and how could God be against them when I've been raised with my aunts and my uncles and the occasional aunt and uncle but it was more (laughs) groups of you know Aunt Lisa and Aunt Foot, Uncle Stephen and Aunt, you know, Uncle, and my mom's like, no, gay is not a problem. The mentality is the problem. The, the, the person outside the group going, no, that's evil, that's wrong. No, that's the problem. Like, that made a lot more sense to me, and I immediately, immediately took my eight-year-old brain out of fifth gear. I was no longer, you know, redlining, ah, to... Okay, so my aunts are fine, my uncle's fine, we're not going to have a problem? No. Okay, great. We're done. And I went on to the next chapter. I didn't think about it again until, you know, high school. And, you know, high school and everything goes to... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the nuns were afraid of you anyway. What was that? True. The nuns were afraid of you anyway. (laughs) Better not be afraid of me. (laughs) I shouldn't be that These scary, I swear. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. And, uh, you know, I agree with that, too. There's a, you know, someone says, God says he hates the gays. Well, are you speaking for God? How do you know, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, I grew up Southern Baptist. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, just, just because you're, you're religious doesn't mean that you talk to God and God talks back. <laughs> it's, That's yeah, everything, everything religion based is, Catholic, is, is based off faith. It's not based off of opinion. That's the problem, I think. So much better now that I'm not Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that weight. I shed that weight, too. Uh, when I got rid of the whole Southern Baptist thing, I remember saying to my husband one time, you know, well, you'd rather be safe than sorry. And then, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, I was just indoctrinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's what we're going or I'm going through right now is, is is shedding a bunch of different indoctrinations. I am trying to break the molds that have been put around me or that I have allowed myself to fall into. I I I, I was raised thankfully I was raised in a in a funky flowate household, okay? I had my non Protestant Catholic father, Protestant mother of three godmothers, I had a Jewish godmother, a stunt woman godmother, and a Wiccan godmother, and I have to put them that way, because the stunt woman taught me most of, of life um, religious views when she broke her back. Uh, she was doing a stunt. She fell. She she had been told she shouldn't do the stunt. She looked at it. She proofed it out, and then she fell and broke her back. She says, "Okay, I should have listened to you, but that's okay." <laughs> She's still around. She's the one who gave, who's giving my daughter a bunch of wigs because it's my kid and she needs wigs. Of course, I need wigs she too, but that's alright. Like her wigs. She does yes, like her wigs. <clears throat> we only have like about fifty wigs between the two of us. <laughs> we we could make a wig bedroom. But that's okay, but um. <laughs> a wig wall. <laughs> no. I had to No, but I I I was you know. My, my my Jewish godmother teaches me on the way of schools. My my I miss my Wiccan godmother. Um, Vilomina was amazing. She passed away way too early, but she's the one who gave me my spirit of adventure that I'm finally beginning to see again. That that you know I would go out to events and go camping, but I didn't go far. And now I'm looking, going, hey, in the next two, three, four years, I want to go, COVID willing, out of country. I want to go across the world. I want to go do things. Because that's what Philomena would do. So, breaking things that I had been put into, you know, stay in this box, stay here, don't move. But keep up. Right. And when you're put into a box on a shelf and said, stay here, don't move, you can't keep up. <laughs> you can't, because you're not moving. <laughs> so I'm doing the best I can to become... Become human again, not just become, not not just be a showpiece, not be the silent mi- wife, not be the silent mother, but be in general. So that's what we're here I for. I feel that. <laughs> I had a, um, you know, because I was a young mom, I was, you know, I never fit in with my older kids, you know, parents, peer group, you know, that whole I was younger than everybody else. And so they always looked down on me and they would do things like not want their kids to come to my house. And, you know, I would just always looked at it as I was irresponsible. And of course it's not the same with my two younger ones, they're 15 and um, seven, but with the older ones, I always just ended up becoming Chris's mom Mm -hmm. or Jasmine's mom 
or Taylor's mom or yeah. Brennan's mom. And I, and I was always just Lane's wife. And, you know, I was always those labels and I was never myself. Mm-hmm. And that was part of, you know, it, it, that was something that it, I, I always felt like it was unique to me. And I thought, this is terrible. And I felt so alone. And I felt like I was never going to break out of those molds. But then I started meeting other people and they were like, I totally identify because that's what I am. I'm so-and-so's mom. I'm all these things. And it's a trap that we do end up falling into. I wrote a piece um, back when, I don't know, it was probably about 2003. And I wrote a piece about being a teen mom. And, um, and it was on CNN when they used to have, you know, their user submitted stuff. And, um, and I talked about the fact that when, you know, I put my youth on a shelf, because you mentioned, you know, being on a shelf. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did for so long, I put my youth on a shelf. And I put, actually, I put everything on the shelf. And, and I allowed myself to forget me. And that's part of, you know, the growth that I think that I've had over the past couple of years, I really put off going to law school for so many years. I kept going, I don't, I don't want to. And then I'd say I do. And I would go back and forth, back and forth. And I worked in the industry. So it just felt like the next logical step. And so I kept really teetering on that. And then I just decided to go do it. And then now that I've done it, I have that closure and I don't want it because I discovered myself in that process. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's been, I mean, it's been years. It took me 30 years to get to the point that I discovered myself, but it's exciting because now it's like, I have found me finally, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I talked um, in messages about finding your authentic self. And it, and that really is where I kind of am at this point in my life because I'm okay with everything that's next. You know, I got divorced when I was 20, 23, but I got married three days after I turned 18. It was the worst thing I've ever done. Um, And, you know, I went through years of dealing with an ex-husband and co-parenting with somebody who didn't want to be a co-parent, you know, all of those things because I was just young and I was dumb and I was trying to make my way in the world and having a blended family because I did get remarried. I've been remarried now for 20 years and it's been just, it's been difficult because I was caught up in all those labels and caught up in just being everything to everybody. And I think far too often we don't put like the oxygen mask on ourselves Mm -hmm. first and take care of ourselves. We are so busy taking care of everybody else, whether that's the mom who's, who's taking care of, you know, house and kids and the things that we're, you know, genderized to do and dads who are, you know, doing the work, all that kind of stuff. And then you get the roles flipped and people get mad about it. And it's just like, we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't, why not just be happy? Yep. I mean, I have, I have four rules that I have talked about all growing up that I never put onto myself because I put myself, you know, here's where I should be, but I'm like down, you know, three or four steps down. If a family of four, I was number six. Um, you know. Yep. But so my, my rules are, are be happy, be healthy, be safe, and be smart. Because if you're not being happy, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not being safe, you're not being smart. Right now I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm, I am on 
an adventure of the journey to get my teeth removed and, and replaced with, with, with real smile. It's not an hourglass figure in my mouth that, you know, will constantly chew my tongue open. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to have dentures. It's okay. Um, oh, you should be excited. I mean, I work. And I, was, I was happier about you than you, you were. <laughs> I did. I cried when they gave him his dentures for Christmas. I couldn't afford it at the time. My mouth was in terrible shape. Mm -hmm. And Christmas rolls around and my mom and dad say, we're getting you new teeth. And That's amazing. Yeah, I was speechless at that point. I didn't know what to say, and she started crying. And he, the man, hadn't smiled with teeth since I'd known him. But you know, the next February they they made the appointment, and now I can smile. Yay! That that's actually amazing. I can tell you that I lost my dad in 2013, and when I lost my dad in 2013, I actually lost him to endocarditis, mm -hmm. which is the um, you know the, the infection migrating, that you yeah. get from dental issues. Right. And my dad went through a 13-week disgusting death. It was so hard to watch. So I am one of those people who is all about that. Yeah. Um, I actually went through, um, this is funny because I never talk about this, um, but about two years after my dad died, um, I got a really bad ear infection and it ended up just going into my jaw and my whole face was like this whole side of my face was swollen up so bad. It was one of the most painful things that I had ever done in my life. And I just like was sitting there and I was freaking out the whole entire time. I was like, I don't want to die like my dad. I don't want to die like my dad. And that's what I kept thinking to myself. And um, when I, when we went through all the antibiotics and I kept thinking, Oh my God, this is what we did with my dad. We went through all the antibiotics and of course, I knew I wasn't in that same mm -hmm. space as he was, but God, I really, truly felt like I was on that road. And um, they finally told me they were going to have to go in and clean it out. And they were like, we're going to have to remove all of that back there, your teeth all back there. And I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to have to do that. And so at that point, I was like, okay. And I really, I sat down and I looked at the decisions and I was like, what can I do about this? And I just equated it to like somebody who has like that, that cancer gene, you know, I went in and I was like, pull them all. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I will do implants. And I went through and I did all the research on how they do implanted bridges, like for the back of it and stuff like that. And I started looking into all that. I'm telling you best freaking decision I ever made because that was one of the scariest things that I really and truly ever lived through was thinking that I was in the same position as my dad because I got so sick from that infection that was in my jaw. Well, when, when I saw my, my oral surgeon this last week, this last Friday, <clears throat> he and I are talking and, I'm, and he's like, you know, why are you smiling about getting dentures? I'm like, because I picked my dentures out 20 years ago. He's all, what? I said, my grandfather. One of my grandfathers has had dentures since he was 18 years old. I inherited on both sides, but you have to flip them. One grandparent had bad enamel, one bad grandparent had bad gums. On the other side, it's the other direction. So I got, you know, craptastic rolls on both of these. He's all, okay, so I have chosen when my, my son was a newborn and I was working at the dentist's office. I choose what dentures I wanted. I wanted to have two anchors in the bottom. I want to have three or four on the top. He goes, you'll need four two is good and how about no yes okay wait we are you are you're smiling so loud. yes i have an hourglass figure i've had pain in my mouth when they took the first four or first three from from recently 
from from having a, a broken tooth. I'm like, it hurts. Just make that one go away. She'll take away these two. My migraines went away for yeah. five weeks. I'm like, can you imagine what's going to do when they all go? Yes, I have to deal with, with a nanny, two toddlers. That's going to suck. Granty, can you have? No. Can I put your finger in my mouth? No. Can you just don't touch my mouth? Let me go. But at the same point, oh my goodness, I have new migraine meds. I won't need to take them two or three times a month. I won't need to, right. to, to knock myself unconscious from the pain in my mouth going into my head to give me more discomfort than anything else. Like I can be human. <laughs> I can be me again. <clears throat> yes. I can tell you... Um... I, I have no regrets doing it. I actually went through and I, I talked to a lot of people before I started going through the process. My oldest son actually knocked out all four of his upper front teeth when he was 17 years old. So he went through the implant process and I luckily got to watch, you know, that happen. Um, but it was one of those things that I, I was scared at first because it was like, how am I going to explain to people that, you know, I have implants or how am I going to explain this? And I had this little old lady tell me, she said, she said, you know what, honey? She says, when people say, how did you get your teeth so white? You say, <laughs> I paid for them. Uh-huh. And you just look at that. She goes, they don't know whether they're dentures. They don't know whether they're veneers. They don't know whether they're implants or your real teeth or you know, what it is, they don't know. And she said, and if they ask, she goes, they're just rude. Yeah. And, and I was <laughs> like, I mean, there's like some validity to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, she was like, anything that you do, she goes, if you go with veneers or whatever, she goes, you go as wide as you want to. She goes, you don't care about what people say. If they say those are too white, they're too fake. She goes, whatever. And I was just like, I, this woman was like my spirit animal I was, because she really helped me, you know, in that respect. And there were a lot of things that, um, I just, I, I wish people, cause teeth is of course, one of those things that people put so much emphasis on. And it's like, if, if they're not pretty and they're not straight and, you know, and it's, you're not wealthy enough or you're not healthy enough or you're not wealthy and healthy enough. Mm-hmm. And it's just dental insurance sucks. Yes. Oh yeah. It's, and, and one of the things that I, I actually ended up going to battle, um, for a friend of mine because her dentist was like, you know, telling her all these things, like you'll never want, you'll, you just don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. And she was in a lot of pain and she was like, I don't know. She goes, because my dentist told me, well, if I do this, they'll never be as good as my original teeth. I said, honey, your teeth are not your original teeth. Those fell out when you're, you know, between seven and. (laughs) Yes, but I said, even now your original adult teeth, they're just not where they were because she had a lot of medical issues Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And they were just, they were loose and they were breaking and stuff like that. And I said, so he's sitting here telling you that these, that these acrylic fake teeth, you know, that will be your real teeth are not stronger than the stuff that's just breaking when you eat a sandwich. Exactly. You know, it's propaganda. I don't have implants or dentures. I mean, pull them out and brush them, you know, by hand, which is kind of fun, you know, but, uh, (laughs) the fact the matter is they work just like my old teeth did. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Actually, better, better because you yeah. don't have the problems. You can eat corn on the cob now. Yeah. You couldn't do that with your real teeth. See, my old teeth. I was born. Uh, genetics were, were no. not my my no enamel. house there because I was born without enamel. My dad was the same. He had his dentures nineteen at, at nineteen full seven. Wow. So you know, and I I just have the uppers and a partial on the bottom, which I think is great. So, but um, does it affect me? No. I can eat like normal. I'm, I'm I can smile again. I'm happy. No, but if you didn't have them, it would affect you. That's the, that's the thing. Because people can sit there and say all day long. Because I, you know, you have to wait, of course, for the implants to load and stuff like that yeah. before you can. Um, before they'll, you know, put the post and stuff in it. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I would I would have rather dealt with, you know, having to use adhesive or, you know, the bottoms floating or something like that rather than, you know, the pain that I was in. Yep. And, of oh, yeah. course, there, were, there was no guarantee when they went in and they cleaned out my jaw. There was no guarantee that there was going to be, um, you know, the infection wasn't going to reoccur. It wasn't going to be somewhere else at that yep. point. And I was just like... Done. I have one question for you though. Phantom toothache. Do you ever have them? I I did. I did initially. Um it's been do you how long has it been? Um what, three years now? And it's only every once in a while. But every once in a while they're like, I got a pain in my tooth and I'll go like this. I have no upper teeth, though. Yeah, it's it's like the incisor on this side or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's, kind of weird. It's life. Okay, hold on. We are back. Hope you all enjoy that quick little break because we love our monetization here. So, so please listen to us, support us, go out to 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 anchor, check things out because yay! Anywho, we were talking about (laughs) teeth. I think we have progressed beyond teeth possible. Although yeah, we did have dentists like, who, who who believe that, that you know the power of money is more important than the power of, of your patient's comfort. Um. <laughs> One thing I got to say though, the first the first time I, I tried to get my teeth fixed, uh, you know, like you said, the dental insurance is bad. I could afford to go to Western Dental, basically. Oh, they cracked my act. They cracked my back molars. I, and I, I don't I don't want I don't want to denigrate them in any way, but I will. But. <laughs> <laughs> This particular dentist looked at my mouth, and all I saw was dollar signs. Oh, boy. And he started telling me, oh, this is going to cost this, this is going to cost that. He was up to $10,000, and I was in tears by the time he was done. Yep. Because I knew I couldn't afford it. Well, I had yeah. the, 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 the dentist before this one that I've, I'm going to now told me wanted to do eight root canals. Four of them were my wisdom teeth. And I'm like, you're not going to root canal my wisdom teeth. There's already too much dental crowding. And then they showed me an, an x-ray, and it was an improperly done panogram. So all I saw was roots hanging out the bottom of my jaw. So if we pulled your, your roots, you would have no jaw. And I'm like, I'm in tears. Well, then I go see my new dentist, and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to go send her to, to the oral surgeon. He's laughing about that. He goes, no, the only problem I have is, is as we're pulling them out, I've got thin roots at the top and bulbous at the bottom. So if you've ever seen Into the Woods and Cinderella's working with the Wicked Stepsisters and ranking the head around, you know, sweep Cinderella, clean Cinderella, that, 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 that's what they're going to be doing to my head. I know that already. <laughs> and I'm it's like, not as bad as all that, I promise. Well, <laughs> that's not. I, at the same point, I'm, I'm used to it because, you know, welcome to cleaning up myself after 45 years. Yay. Okay. Bye. Do you? 
But then, so, then you'll have that smile, though, when you're done. Yes. You'll have something you'll and really, really enjoy. It won't go away. It won't go yeah, away. It, it won't go away. It's, if it gets damaged, it's fixable. Yep. And it's not going to cause pain that way. I mean, you've been in so much pain for so long. I kind of, I understand. I've got a cracked tooth that I cracked eating a soft taco. Still mm. not sure how that would happen because it was already pre-cracked from the other surgery. And I have not had a molar since I had my wisdom teeth picked now. <laughs> Rock on. But you're not good. It'll be less painful. You're in good company all around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's an epidemic. It, you know, we're talking about COVID, but this is another epidemic in the whole, in the United States. It, yeah. It's bad. The, the, the bad lack of... Lack of dental care leads to 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 more heart health issues. Yes, and which knowing, is one reason the insurance should be better. It should be. I, I mean, I, I'm excited that that I've got my dentist and my doctor looking at me, going, "Well, now we see your heart too." My heart doesn't. I, my I don't have slow. I have 89 beats a minute at rest, or 106 beats a minute because I'm sitting here chatting with you guys and having fun. Um, yeah, I had a heart attack at 36, so yes, it's something that really needs to be addressed yeah. in this country. So we, I was telling her on break, I said, wasn't expecting to have that conversation, <laughs> but I said, it's good. because It's good, though, because in all reality, it's something that should be normalized, mm-hmm. you know, and not looked down upon. And again, yes, and we should have, I mean, it should be covered under medical insurance because... It creates medical problems. Big time. I agree. It, it's it's if not we took... really a weird conversation when you think about it because no. I, I'm sure Tracy will agree with this. This podcast is all about self. Yes. Yeah. Self, self discovery and that part of that anyway. Oh, yeah. So. Self care yeah. or self discovery are hand in hand when you have to go through and figure out what is wrong with you that you can physically mm-hmm. fix. Because if you can physically fix it, you can then emotionally. Hit the next part and mentally fix the, the, the right. you know, go on from there. It, it, at least that's how I function. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I will tell you there's a, a fun thing for you to go check out, though, okay. is um, there are people on Etsy who actually make them. Uh-oh. No, I'm not kidding. There are actual, like, Facebook groups that are dedicated to these people, these denturists who make these oh. um, that, no, I mean, they're, they're real. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, but they, the work that they do is amazing. I look at it and I'm just like, that's so great. Like, because they make it affordable for people. They make it so that, you know, even like their most expensive ones are like, you know, $700 and it's like a horseshoe one on top, you know, so that you can still have your palette and stuff like that. And, um, it just, it, it's amazing. And there needs to be more people who are doing those kinds of things. That I mean, amazing. imagine going, going to the dentist and he says you need dentures and, and he wants to take care of them and you say, that's okay. I'm going to shop around. Now my Star Trek comes out. Suddenly I can see people I, I want to go over there and look at their stuff because I want to see if they have Klingon and and and, and um uh, uh Ferengi teeth, you know, things like that because that'd be fun just to go, huh? I'm gonna go to a convention today. I wouldn't be surprised to give them any color you want. You know? <laughs> hey, you might be able to. Bling, all that stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I will tell you that when you do it, I'll, I'll pass along the best advice I was ever given. Okay. And the best advice I was ever given was keep them in 
do not, I mean, just you take them out for, because it basically is like your compression garment. If yep. you have like a sprained, you know, injury or something like that. Um, it, it hurts like hell when you put them back in initially, like for the first couple of days, because there is some still slight swelling. But the other thing was, um, I had a pharmacist tell me, they said do, um, cause they're going to give you 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. And, um, he said, do, you know, don't do 800 milligrams every six hours, do 400 every three hours. And that way you're just kind of keeping a steady supply. And he said, start before you go in. And, um, I had absolutely no problems with recovery. I was eating steak at about two weeks. Um, I did small, you you of course have to learn to reeat because Mm -hmm. you, especially if you have an issue where you have like one side that's more, you know, of an issue, like mine was, my jaw was just I couldn't chew over here for the longest time. And so I had to learn to rebalance, you know, the, the eating. Um, but it's interesting. And yeah, you just learn to redo it. Like I, whenever we started like redoing like bacon, it was like breaking it up into little bits and pieces on like a sandwich instead of having like the big chunks. Well, I'll tell you something, just, just a quick little story here. Um, as far as getting used to the dentures, uh, before I even got my dentures, they pulled all the teeth out. All I had was the lower, the lower in the front. I accidentally bit down. Ooh. Right after it was an, oh, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt bad. Oh, no. I, I'm getting uh, three to six I, months of no teeth at all. Mm-hmm. They're going to, to take them all or take what's left of them, and I'm going to have time to heal. Yes. And it was something the doctor's like, well, I can get you healing dentures. I'm like, but... And, and, and I stopped her. I'm like, but there's a problem with that. The healing dentures only fit the swollen, upset gums. And I don't want to be slaved to adhesive all my life. And she's all, okay. Yeah, I so, didn't do that either. She's all, well, doesn't have adhesive at all. So, so the, the other one is, is wait four to six months and then get the finished dentures. I'm like, that sounds like a beautiful plan to me. She says, but you smile. I'm like, I work with babies. If they can't understand that I lose my teeth like they are losing their teeth when they get older, it, then the, the, the only ones who matter are the little pygmies. My kids know that they're going to be out. I mean, I, I, I was kind of excited, and now we've, we've put it back on, on the burners because of, of the COVID flare-up. Going to Louisiana for early December, I was like, the good news is I'll fit in with all the rednecks. The bad news is <laughs> we weren't going to go completely redneck fill there. Um, but now that's been put on hold because Delta variant and everything's swirling. It's like, okay, we're going to put off till next year. Well, next year when I go there, I'll have my beautiful smile and I'll dye my hair some funky color, I'm sure. And I'll go have fun. <laughs> that's not like Tracy. Someone, someone's dying in the background. No. Sorry. I'm going to have some mic say about that. Hey, we understand life happens. We have demons. Yep. I mean, children around us all the time. <laughs> I was telling, I was telling Tracy, um, I told my kids, I texted them. I was like, be quiet. And they were like, why? I said, cause I'm on a podcast. And they're like, don't people know you're a mom? <laughs> you, know, you can come, you can come clean. <laughs> I was like, no, never. Mother. Oh no. Oh no. We're all moms here of some Don't variety. Okay, well, oh. you're, okay, you're a da. Close enough. I used to babysit for you. I'm a second mom. 
You're a second mom, and, and you're a, you're a fur I'm mom. Father, mother, mother. <laughs> but not like a typical mother. Like yeah, no, no, mom. no, not like that other mother. Just like my other mothers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, we sidetracked big time. With we, the scenes, but so. we always sidetrack. <laughs> That's kind of That's the point. Yeah, I know. We're just going back to the subject at hand, though. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. It's it's, 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 it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart, so yeah. So yeah, I cried. I like my smile. <laughs> I do too. We'll have to do a smile party later on. <laughs> so, um, um, channel surfing back. So back to to self and self care, and I'm, I'm looking over at Miss Amy. Are you okay? Are are the kids being smart, safe? Uh, they're they're walking through my kitchen. <laughs> I'm having I'm having to keep muting, going be quiet. Hopefully, <laughs> they're not doing this as they go by. No, no, they're they're basically ignoring me, like I'm not even here. So. Well, you know, teens, teens do that. Oh, it's not teens. Uh -oh. Those are the adults. Uh oh. Oh. See that? They're the, they're the worst. They're the ones who think you know. Mom knows <laughs> so nothing. They're the ones who should know better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. So, um, going back, um, is there anything that you can, that you, Miss Amy, would, would, would want to share with the group? Like, um, the, you know, self-discovery, self, you know, you, you've done women's studies. Um, is there any, any part of information that you would want to, to share with people that are going through their, their changes, their phases, their rediscovery? Oh, that's a good question. Um, stop caring what other people think that is like the number one thing that i think we all become a slave to and it's not actually just not what other people think but it's just societal perceptions of what we should look like and how we should act and um you know all those things we don't we don't um ever celebrate the fact that we come in all shapes and sizes and colors and you know personality types and all those kinds of things I, I i've grown as i've grown i've really learned to hate labels even more and you know i i that's why i say just don't think just be mm -hmm. you know just if you if it makes you happy as long as it's not hurting someone else i mean of course, that's my legal side of things. I'm always like looking for where my rights end and someone else's begins. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the way it is. If it makes you happy, and I remember, I'll be honest, I I went through a really kind of judgmental phase during certain points in my life, and I'm not proud of it, but I grew from it. So I'm I'm appreciative of that fact. Um, for example, I remember, um, the first time I ever met someone who was polyamorous and I was like, I was floored. I was like, how could you do that? Mm -hmm. Why? You know? And it was just, but in all reality, I can sit here and say that, um, what I had with my ex-husband was not enough. So I don't know why I would ever expected anybody else to feel like that because I realized very early on that he didn't fit 
all of those things that I needed. Mm -hmm. And in reality, I don't know that somebody always does because we usually, you know, I I have friends who like will do the whole, you know, I'm married, but I've got my soul flame, you know, over here Mm -hmm. or my soul twin or my twin flame, whatever it is they call them. And, um, you know, they talk about those things and that's like their best friend. And that's the person that they really connect to, you know, on that kind of a level, but they don't have that with their spouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, whatever works for you, you know, that's what it ends up boiling down to is just getting to where you're comfortable with, you know, what it is that works for you. I hate when people go, well, how are you going to tell your kids? How are you going to this? Why do you have to care about those things? You know, why do you have to go and announce, Hey, I'm Amy and I'm this, Mm -hmm. you know, or this is how we are in our household. What does it matter? Yep. You know, those are just, I mean, the thing is, if you teach your kids, acceptance and love that's what they're going to do they're going to accept people and they're going to love them exactly i mean my my kids have been raised knowing that mom and dad are polyamorous because see and three of us are there i appreciate that 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 i think it's true Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that is seriously one of the best things that i i i think that's one of the best things that could happen now and the reason being is because i feel like when you do the whole you can only be monogamous you can yeah. only be in a heteronormative relationship you're basically saying you have to stay in that box and you can yeah. only love one person and your your love is compartmentalized and that's that's the thing is that you know you have different kinds of love for all different kinds of people it's not ever a one size fits all. Exactly. I have a friend uh, I have a friend whose husband came home one day and he said I have a girlfriend. And he said and this is how we're going to be now. And she was very adamantly opposed to it and she was like what do I do? I don't want to lose my husband, but I don't want him to have a girlfriend either. And I said, well, it was pretty rude the way he approached you with yeah. it. But um, the, the way he said it, was it like that? I have a girlfriend now and this is the way it's going to be. It or actually he, came through text. Like, oh, even oh, better. better. So <laughs> you know, the reason I ask is it sounds like it was a really one-sided thing anyway. Yeah, it was a one-sided thing. I had no say in it one way or another. So you know, they're Not the problem. That's, that's the first problem right there, I think. Is yes. It, 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 it was part of a more of a controlling relationship than anything else. Absolutely. It was. And that was one of those things. And I told her, I said, well, you know, you, you have two choices. You either stick with status quo or you do something to change it, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and he's created this new status quo. So you have to decide because change is coming no matter what, whether you stay with what he's proposing or whether you do something different. But the thing is, you know, you can't just sit around and keep complaining about it every single day. You have to do something to move yourself forward because that's the only option you have at this point. And, um, you know, and that was, that was one of the biggest things that I've ever seen that was rude in that respect, because you just don't approach your spouse like that. You know, you don't, you don't approach your partner like that and just say, no, we're doing it. This is what I want. No, that's more of a, we need to talk sort of thing. I would think. Exactly. Try. Yeah. It's like, I've got, I've met someone um, I want her to be a part of my relationship or our relationship, if you're willing, you know, but 
you know, you don't just you don't just go out and say, well, this is the way it's going to be, and exactly. you have to deal with it. Yeah, tough. Oh well, no, that doesn't work. No, no, no. Decided. I mean, when 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 I broached the subject with my husband, we were still dating, and it was, I want you to know, I'm not straight. So I want you to know now, so you're aware that I have bi tendencies, but I love you. And then it was, we let it lie until I was pregnant with our son. And every time we would go to have fun, I ended up at the, the labor and delivery ward in preterm labor. I'm not putting you through that. I want you to find someone that we can both thoroughly enjoy and let me watch. <laughs> And, and and it's make it you know part of our family. Now we we had fits and starts and had had things that didn't work out right, but then we got our click. And you know, seventeen years as a a three part polycule. Now, she's not the reason why that the the marriage has fallen apart. Everything else is just me because life has happened. But you have to be a team. You have to to. Um, remember that you're both partners or all three partners or all six partner, whatever the heck it is. You have to, 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 you have to be communicative and it's not always going to be like a poly thing. I mean, I've got friends who are, are strictly monogamous, but they have that person, that, that friend, mom, friend, dad, friend, the one that is, yeah. is, spiritually part of the relationship because that person gives the thing that isn't it's missing but is not yeah. part of the the nuclear family right and and sorry my door just blew open uncle monkey's coming i don't know it's just it, it's an old tale from from our family if the door blows open uncle monkey comes eventually visiting but um um it's just one of those you can't spring it by the way, we're doing this now. No. <laughs> right. I'm I'm hoping that she got some 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 uh, power under her belt and said, you know, stood up for herself and no oh my stars, no. Oh. You run No, her option was to have a baby. Babies never sold it. No. But they didn't have any kids at the time and he desperately wanted kids. She didn't want kids and you know, she was like, Okay, I'll just give in and have a baby because she thought that would, you know, suffice and they had That's a kid and Well, he did want a kid. Yeah, but, but I she... mean, not, not just that. Oh right, yeah. you're correct. Which yeah. is why it was only a temporary band aid. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It distracted him for a minute. Yeah, but she's the loser in this scenario either way because she didn't want yeah. kids and she had this whole new relationship sprung on her too yeah oh, I, I, I feel bad for her yeah i feel for her i do i do yeah that's the way it works with them though they they have it's a very toxic codependent relationship and i mean the only thing i could do was just be a friend yep that's all, that's all anyone can do is, is when you are, I mean, people around me were saying, well, why aren't you leaving him? Because I don't see a problem. I don't see a problem. Okay, here's my problem. Finally, the, 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 the thing that, that did right. it. So now I've got the people around me going, we're here if you need me. Thank you. That's all I needed because I've had people around me that are saying, you know, you're here, you're, 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 you're my, my safety net. 
that's what she needs is when when that that little bit the little straw the little grain of sand that breaks the camel's back that, that you know does something she'll be ready and uh, she'll be ready and she'll see you finally not just yeah not just hear you but she'll see you if yep. that makes sense i agree and i i was actually talking to my business partner tonight and we were talking about um I said, I'm the worst friend ever. And she was like, no, you're not. I said, but I am. I said, because I'm really the the friend who's like overly honest. And, but my grandma always raised me to say, you know, you, you tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because of course, if you just sit there and prop them up all the time and then they get mad at you when something goes wrong. Um, And of course they're going to get mad at me when I overly honest with them too. And and that's why I was overly honest with her. And I told her, you have to make the change. Just, you're going to have to pick a lane at some point and stick with it. And until you decide you're going to change something else, Either way it goes, love you, be here. Yep. It is what it is, but just don't complain. Yeah, and they're going to be angry with you at first if you're brutally honest with them. I know. But down the road, they're going to say, Amy, you were right. You know, when it finally, when it finally, when the camel finally breaks, or when the straw breaks the camel's back, sorry. um, Yeah. They're going to look at you and you're going to say, you were right the whole time. I don't know what I was thinking. But it might take a while to get there. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And that's one thing I kept telling her, too. I said, just don't complain that you can't do anything because you can. Exactly. You can do something. It might not be what you want to do, mm-hmm. but you can do something. So just don't. I, those are the only words I don't want to hear. I can't do anything. Yep. She's in full mm-hmm. control. She just realize it. Yep. Yes. 100%. It's sad, but hopefully, you know, hopefully she'll... Tune Hopefully in. It'll click within, yeah. You know. at, at some point that it'll come into focus. Yeah. She will tune into her needs, not just her her imposed needs. If that makes Maybe sense. Maybe when she hits forty five. Could be. <laughs> the magic number. That's my magic number. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. I seem to have same similar views to you guys. So. Are you saying you're gonna have a midlife crisis at forty five and leave me? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm 45, and I didn't leave my husband. He's still in, he's on the couch sleeping right now. I told him I was his midlife crisis. So, so, so for your midlife crisis, Miss Adri, we're going to dye your hair funky colors, right? Like sure, I did for my, my my scheduled midlife crisis is when I shaved my head after I dyed my hair green and yellow and black and 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 um. Um, green, yellow, black, and teal. That's what it was. And I shaved it bald. And eight years ago, went three years of not cutting my hair at all, not dyeing it. And since then, I'm like, I'll just let it grow again. And I keep dyeing it more and more funky colors. Cause... If she ever shaved her hair, I would probably pass out. <laughs> I know. She never cut her hair. cut my hair once. Oops, I can fix it. Oops. My hair was to my chin. I did not like the oops. I don't, don't, I've not cut my hair ever again. No oops. And you'll notice I don't, I, I don't cut like my hair. Though. It's really it's long. Like I don't care how good it looks. <laughs> I don't look good with short hair. My mother's friend cut my hair in a pixie cut when I was a kid. I look like a freaking boy. No. So, <laughs> your midlife crisis will be dyeing your hair funky colors and trimming it two inches. And sure. letting me I trim it two inches. 
We will not cut it again. <laughs> yeah, I, let my friend, I love my friend Nat. I let her cut my hair. She cut it shorter than I wanted to. So, no, it's finally going back to a length I'm happy with. But you'll dye your hair or be a lot in the car and head to Vegas, right? I'll dye it and I'll permit or something. But I won't frizz permit. I'm going to, like, loose permit, like beach waves or something. I love you all so much. This is why I love being part of this group. Oh, holy heck. Okay. I'm sitting over here going, I've got grays coming in and I got to figure out what to do with them. Uh, and uh, I don't know because I work in a sexist, ageist industry. And it's like one of those things that if you're not a white male with a bow tie, you're not good. You know, oh, um, I, I work in the legal field. And so like women, the older we get, the dumber we get, or the, you know, that's how they perceive us anyhow. But you know, the men, the older they get, you know, they, they age into their bow ties and stuff like that. Yes. And they're distinguished and they're like the elite club. And if you're wearing the tie, then you're still above the woman, you know, but it's, it's crazy. And I'm sitting here stressing about it because I'm like, they're really starting to come in good now. And People go, oh, that's just your, that's your free blonde highlights. And I'm like, I don't look at it that at all. <laughs> it needs to look like it's on purpose. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy and I were using overtone. It works really good. Yes. Overtone is awesome. And you don't have to, they have natural looking colors. Yeah. Too, not, not blue. And it will take in the gray, but it will not take in really, really, really black hair. Apparently my roots are coming in black now that I've gotten older. Which is kind of weird. I mean, I've got the grays, but the roots are now black. So I don't know how that happened. My, my hair has never been black a day in my life. So <laughs> I'm trying to figure this one out. So it didn't take on the black roots, but it took on everything that was gray. So it works good, just not for my dark hair. My really dark. And it was, it, apparently the stuff works on brunettes, though. So it's good colors. Well, this Over is time. my natural color, so it's dark. No, no, my I, hair I, and my roots are darker than that. Trust I me. had hope for... Yeah, for, for... <laughs> For gray highlights or gray strike, instead I've got the gray. <clears throat> it's just here's some gray here and here's gray there. I'm like, no, can we just gray? I mean, my my ultimate final final image of myself that I see is is a mixture of Bernadette Peters, Carol Kane, and Agra. I want to have curly gray hair and have a great attitude. Like, but I want to be like Bernadette Peters from Into the Woods, you know. Bang, squish! I want to be, I want to be Bernadette when I grow up, or Carol King from from. Um, I just picture all three of those combinations together. Yeah, that was just wrong but, in my but, head. But, and brain melted. Yes. I I, I want to be like like Carol King from 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 Scrooge. Okay, the pink dress. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yes. I mean, I, I could definitely be, you know, I'm not a wench, I'm your wife, but that's okay. Um, okay, so we're going to take one more quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, so I think we've hit our, our last stretch of the night. Um, it was awesome talking with Miss Amy. Is there anything else we can throw in here? Um, Suddenly everyone's quiet. I've hit that point in the night, too. <laughs> I thought you were talking to her. <laughs> it, it's amazing how suddenly when the sun sets, your brain goes, and the melatonin's released. Good night, Brody. Yes. Um, my, my brain was that image on the TV screen back in the day with the Indian on it and the, and the tone. Boop. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I call it. I call it perpetual mommy brain. Yes. It's it's not just pregnancy. It just it lasts. It starts We're out with pregnancy, and the hormones go funky, and it stays. <laughs> yes. I, I guess I would say um, again, have have conversations. Don't be like the girl I described. Yes. Um, you know, follow what makes you happy. You know, be honest. I mean that's about having the conversations anyhow is being honest with yourself, being honest with your partner, you know, and teach your kids, teach your kids to love and accept. And one day we'll get to a point to where we don't need labels and people won't have to figure out, am I attracted to brains or looks or, you know, those types of things. They won't have to figure out whether I, I, I relate to your kid. I wouldn't want to identify as human most days because humanity lets me down every Mm -hmm. single day. And it's just, I get it. I get it. These kids, I don't, I don't envy them. You know, I don't envy them at all growing up in an era where we still have so much hate and people just thinking they can control, you know, how you're, looked at and talked to and everything it makes me so mad when I see people go there's only two genders and it's like no there's two sexes or there's actually more than that but there's two standard you know biological you know sexes but gender is not the same as sex exactly you know those are the things that people just they don't get and I don't the science behind it the science I love a good chart, okay? And you have proof out yes. there of what? Triple X, Y, double X, double Y, not just XY, not just XX. Yeah. Triple Y, X. It's just one of those, you know, you don't see it often because it doesn't always survive, but it's there. It's not, it's not just in your brain. Yep. <laughs> And it's one of those things, too, uh, you know, um, I'll I'll actually go ahead and say when I was talking to you guys on the break, I was telling you about how I am working on um, the Atlanta child murders case. And when you start looking at all of those cases, you start looking at Atlanta from a different lens and Atlanta in the 1970s and 1980s there's all these bathhouses all over the place and there's all of these, it's, it's like a very hedonistic lifestyle and it, and it's, it's one of those things that you see people who are openly talking about the things that they're doing and, and all of a sudden, you know, those things are no longer allowed to be talked about. There's like, there was some shift that happened somewhere along the way. I don't know. I was born in the seventies, so I can't, you know, explain that part, but I, I watch it. I'm like, who are these people? Like mm-hmm. these people are grandparents and, you know, parents and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know. It's just, a, it's very different. And I don't know where the disconnect happened along the way, but um, it's just really interesting because I sit back and I think too, that even then, I think that there were probably um, more, you know, men even dealing with, or like dabbling in bisexuality and stuff like that, but they didn't want to call it that, Yeah. you know, or women who were doing it and they didn't want to call it that because there was still that taboo part of things. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it has to stay hidden. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, 
No, I agree. It is. But, you know, that's the thing. Um, I have worked as a um, as a guardian ad litem for children who are in the system. And I had one child who was um, trans. And that was one of the things that um, mom literally turned this child over to the state because of that. So, you know, that's against my religion. And that broke my heart. And this child had been in the system for several years years. And I ended up going into court one day the child was supposed to be there too, but, um, you know, she wasn't there, um, for whatever reason. And we still had like a little mini session and the, you know, the judge just asked me, is there anything you want to say? I said, yeah. I said, I want to tell you that this child's pronouns are she, her. And I said, and this is the child's preferred name. And I was floored because the judge said immediately, let's, put it on the record. They wrote it on the files. They changed the records to reflect it. And afterwards the DA came in there and she said, or actually it's the, they call it a SAG. It's a special attorney general. Um, And they came in there she came in there and she said, I cannot believe you did that. She goes, that was amazing. She said, there's no one that I've, in all the years that I've been here, no one's ever come in here and done anything like that for any of these kids. And I was like, that's something that should be done. It should be. Yes. And it should be done. These, that's the thing is that you have some parents who, for whatever reason, they're just not accepting their kids. They're not accepting. It's, it's not okay. And in particular, I have a friend who runs um, a nonprofit in Atlanta that um, does mobile showers for the homeless people. And she was telling me, she said the, um, the black Uh, gay homeless community is so large she said because even now she said it's such a stigma within that culture Um, she said and that's one of the things that I'm really trying to figure out how to combat and that's one of the things that you know I would love anybody to tell me ways that she can help do that because that's something that really and truly bothers her she said that they did some studies on it out of all the people that they've been serving over the past five years and they found that um particularly with males whenever they would admit to their families that they were gay that they on average were homeless within three days yeah sad it is it's very ridiculous so yes then again i was raised you know funky family I was raised in, you know, Star Trek fan club. It, I, I, I didn't see gay as wrong. I didn't see bi as wrong. As long as you were in love, it didn't matter. You weren't hurting anyone. You were being smart. Right. But I, you know, I grew up in the South. I'm actually born and raised in Georgia. Um, and you know, around nothing but Southern Baptists and people who thought that, of course, you're going to hell if you're not X, Y, and Z. And you, I mean, you can't be everything at all, all at once anyhow. Um, but that was one of the things, and it always bugged me that they would, you know, try to teach that you have to hate certain people. And of course they don't call it hate. They call it, you know, um, love the sinner, hate the, hate hate the the sin sin type thing, but that's not the way it comes across. It comes across as you hate the sinner because you're, you're basically wrapping up who they are and what they do. And that's the thing. Yeah. And then there's a little thing about calling them a sinner in the first place. That's right. Yes, I agree. Anything wrong. 
Exactly. But that's, that's one of the, I mean, these people, it, there's such an ignorance that it's willful. Uh-huh. That's, ex- I mean, it's just, it's willful and they just, I don't understand the concept of saying that people have the right, uh, that they have the God given free will, but then you can't use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the same people who say, well, you have the right to free speech, but you can't use it. Yeah. You know, Colin Kaepernick can't kneel because that's disrespectful to all the veterans who fought for him to have that right. But it's not really his right to use, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. It's, it's this whole backwards paradox that you can't ever. The, the catch 22 really, mentality. Yeah. There's Which, no way to fit in. Yeah. The Kaepernick thing's actually kind of interesting because if you go far enough back in the league's history in its first inceptions, people did kneel during the uh, the, the pledge. Or, or not why. people, but the players themselves, they all kneeled. Nobody stood with their hand on their heart or at attention or whatever. So it's just something that developed over time. Kaepernick doing what he did not only makes a statement, but also takes it back to that time period. Yep. So and it didn't hurt anybody. It just <coughs> way of, you know, this is how I feel. This is what I'm representing. And you know, it got blown out of proportion. Yeah. But again, it's all those same people. Yep. You know, these people, they go out and they fight for these rights, but you can't use them. Yep. And it's the same thing with the whole concept of religion. God gives you this, you know, free will, but you can't actually use it. Because if you do, you're going to make it mad and then you're just going to hell. Yep. Everything, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. Well, thank uh, you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm channel surfing. So. Can I get a Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah, sorry. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna call it here. Thank you very much, Amy, for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank I, you for having I, me. I'm hopeful that someday well, you might want to return. Sure, awesome. anytime. Because, because. I mean, we're still growing. We're we're getting our our, our footing, but you know, hopefully yeah, this this. I've only had one episode of mine. So. <laughs> I, I'm hopeful. Well, I already that... told you you can invite me. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, I'm 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 hopeful that 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 we'll be able to to help someone, hopefully multiple someones, um, get through things as they you know. It may not be the same same battle I'm battling or anyone else's battling, but something that that. Maybe spark something for someone to be able to to find them and 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 get them happy or healthy or safe or smart. So, thank you all very much. Thank Have you. Have a wonderful evening. You too. <laughs>